0: everyone it's Julie for H. Greenberg here with your Tax Time podcast from Fintech Today where we talk about all things fintech and today we are joined by one of our ftt experts John Collins of FS Vector a fintech advisory firm based down in DC in his role John focuses a lot on regulation and how it is impacting the world of fintech so Anything from this new administration coming in to the Robin Hood hearings on GameStop to banking charters to specs, this is your guy to go to. Uh, so I'm very excited that I into, we only have 20 minutes today, so we might need to have him back for like 10 other episodes. But John, are you ready? How are you doing today?
1: <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It's beautiful weather out here. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to spring talking to you. What else could be better, right?
0: I know, right. So I, I told you beforehand we want to dive into. We had to narrow it down, and we always do three news stories. So we're going to do three topics on regulation. So which one do you want to want to start with here? I'll let you choose.
1: So it's a busy uh, few weeks, months with the new administration. Obviously, it's kind of tough uh, to to tell. And frankly, even right before this, you sent me something. SEC put out, which you know, we should probably take some time to get to. So, I made you three and a half if we've got time. (laughs) Uh, But, but no, I think um, the I'll start with uh, Wally Adiemo, who is the deputy secretary, will be the deputy secretary of the treasury um, for Secretary Yellen. Originally came from the CFPB back when it first started. You know, well known quantity, uh, I believe. um, And don't hold me to this, but maybe the first. African American man to hold this spot, and if not the first, one of the one of the first certainly. Um, so obviously showing the commitment of the administration to what it said, which is the administration should look like America um, in terms of that diversity. And by all indications, you know Wally, which I will just say that name for fear of really butchering his last name uh, continually, um, but. By all indications, he's going to be really running the show when it comes to the fintech agenda. Uh, I can say without saying this person's name, because I don't know if it's totally official, but again, have a pretty good indication that someone is going to be moving within government uh, that has focused on cryptocurrencies for the past number of years and is going to be now working under Wally to uh, under the deputy secretary, probably more appropriate. Uh, to um, drive the crypto agenda, uh, I will not give this person the title of crypto czar, but that's how it's been described to me. So, you know, I think we're we gotta wait and see and what that agenda looks like. But I think we're gonna talk about some other stuff that will probably drive it.
0: Right. And so, in this role, what areas of fintech? I always get confused. There's so many different regulators in this space. So, in this position, both like the crypto czar and what Wally's doing. What areas of FinTech are they going to be focused on the most? Like, which sectors are going to be paying the most attention to this?
1: I think it's – I think the better way to think about it, at least at this point, is not to bucket it into the business lines, but probably to bucket into what the larger priorities of the administration are. So diversity, right? Um, Perhaps a subset of that, but perhaps its own thing as well – uh, you know, financial inclusion and access. So, not only talking about you know making sure that companies are um, and and especially their boards are representative of, of America and, and of the users of these companies, um, and driving them to ensure that representation, but also what are these companies doing or not doing as it um, as it relates to involving underrepresented communities on their platforms, and for those that. Perhaps really do market to those communities. How are they marketing it? Are they being transparent with pricing, et cetera? I think a second piece uh, will be, or perhaps third piece is, you know, climate. That's that's focused on the financial services sector in general, of which, again, as you know well, the the lines blur between what's a fintech and what's a bank now, especially as they become or buy banks. But, uh, you know, what, what, you know, how are, how are these financial institutions and the products taking into consideration climate change? And uh, then finally, I think, you know, consumer protection, Uh, you know, again, all of these, the Venn diagram, it has overlap, but how are, um, you know, new verticals such as buy now, pay later, which I, I, you know, you guys put out an amazing, you know, report on that. Uh, how are they being used? How are they being marketed? Are those uh, prices being transparent? You know, Perhaps that's a business line you can see where there will be increased focus for no other reason perhaps than just it hasn't been fully explored and the market is really exploding. I, I don't think I can buy anything online now without being served an opportunity to use one of those services.
0: It does seem like that. And a year ago before COVID, I hardly ever would see them. I'd see Afterpay or um, a firm maybe once in a while and buying like a piece of exercise equipment or some mascara. I would see something like Afterpay since they do the the smaller transactions, but it really has exploded. Um, So I can see why all of these regulators are more you know, in tune to figuring out what is going on and what they should be doing around them. One thing that we've come to expect with regulation is that most of the time it it happens pretty slowly. Uh, Is there any indication that there's going to be pressure for them to act more quickly than usual on some of these things?
1: I would say the thing that would probably, well, perhaps too, that would demand more immediate attention uh, would be Probably was my third story. So we're going to jump around. But GameStop, which, again, I, I already made this joke to you. My lame joke, can't stop, won't stop. It, it is not stopping as it relates to GameStop. I kind of was a, of the mind that this was just going to blow over. But, you know, yesterday in Senate, um, the Senate uh, Small Business Committee, it, it, it came up. Um, and it was the focus Interesting. of the Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more oversight and focus than I expected. And I I don't think that's going to (laughs) stop. Obviously, obviously Gary Gensler, you know, he's a market infrastructure guy. He's going to be chair of the SEC. He testified about this. It's obviously going to be a focus of... You know, payment order flow, how that's working, are retail investors getting, you know, uh, you know, run front run on some of this stuff that'll probably see more immediate attention because it's been in the press. Uh, and then the second is, I mean, what what the hell is crypto at today? 56K of Bitcoin. I, I t- t- tough to keep track. Um, you know, the more that price rises and the more, th- you know, financial institutions like BNY Mellon. I mean, talk about an old school white shoe bank. You know, we're talking about getting, you know, custodying Bitcoin, like it's 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 definitely going to get more attention. It'll get more attention when Coinbase direct lists if it does that at the end of the month or next month. And um, yeah, I think those are the two things I kind of see seeing the most immediate attention. But obviously, you know, this administration is very clear. It came in like we've got a global pandemic still and we've got a uh, an economy that's about to get one point uh, some trillion dollars, 1.2, I can't recall now, uh, you know, injected into it. That's still the major focus of this administration. But as we get into May, June, July, August, hopefully we're really on the other side of this. And, um, that's when I think you're going to have more attention, um, on some of this.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because the GameStop thing, like you said, every single day, it feels like the stock is moving a lot. And then what we had other stocks coming in, Rocket Mortgage was one of the most recent ones, another fintech company. Um, So it does seem like that there's pressure there to act quicker than in other areas that might not be as, you know, imminent in terms of getting stuff done as what what this one is. Um, You also mentioned your second topic you wanted to dive into, some stuff around the OCC. They've got some new people uh, coming on in, right?
1: Yeah, and I think you know. So Michael Barr, who was the nominee to be OCC controller, that appears to to you know not be happening, and the front runner um, who was in the running as one of the top names prior to, to Barr being um, uh, named as the appointee is a woman named Mirsa Baraderon. and she is. A progressive. I mean, she's an academic from, I believe, UC Irvine. Uh, and she is very much a progressive academic on these issues. Um, she wrote a book, which I believe called The Color of Money, among other um, other publications. Super, super, super focused on financial inclusion and access. Not particularly fond of big tech or maybe even tech kind of getting involved in banking without being a bank. Um, I will oversimplify that. Uh but that's that's a big move. And I mean, look, it, it it is it is a realization of a pattern that we were already seeing among Democrats, of which I am a card carrying one, which is a growing um skepticism of of fintech broadly. And I think she's very representative of that. I think it is um you know it's it's gonna be very interesting to see what she does with things called the FinTech Charter, and not just the one that Brian Brooks, the former comptroller, um, proposed, but even the one that the Obama administration put out—you know—she's not particularly fond of this, you know, commingling of banking and tech, unless tech is really treated exactly like banking.
0: Interesting. And can you explain a little bit? So the the Michael Barr development is fairly recent, and he was he was seen as like the front runner, just given his time in the Obama administration, working in the Treasury Department. Um, a lot of, you know, accolades from working, um, in the, in the regulatory space and whatnot. What, what was the reasoning that he's getting so much pushback from, um, it sounds like the liberal side is more anti bar coming in than, than others.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, the, the criticisms were really as, as a lot of criticisms of, of nominees are going to be, um, you know, from, from the democratic side too close to industry. Um, you know, he's been on a few fintech boards, He's he's been an, a, a fintech advisor or advisor to fintech groups for non-industry groups, like I, I believe he was part of a UN group or a Clinton Foundation group. Um, you know, he's been a part of the Brookings Institution, which for those who don't follow DC think tanks is a very liberal, very progressive, um, uh, you know, academic think tank in Washington. He's got all the bona fides that one would have to be nominated to this sort of thing, but. You know, it seems like the board memberships he had and sort of other um you know, other connections he had to industry were really not um uh not palatable to a lot of liberal Democrats like Elizabeth Warren and others. And as as any kind of compromise or political um uh operation like we're engaged in now with the new administration being put into place, you gotta give and you take, right? So uh, you know, I think Barb, it would appear, just didn't get uh, taken uh, or, or I don't know what side of the deal he's on there. But, you know, he seems to not be um, one that they're going to fight for any more than they already have. And Mirsa is certainly a give to progressives and perhaps there's another person that they got in exchange. I have no idea, but uh, that seems to be where the um, where the bargaining has left us.
0: Yeah, if you, if you Google his name, one of the articles that comes up is titled FinTech Loves This Rumored Biden Nominee. Apparently he was on the board of a lending club at one point, Ripple at another point. I'm sure there were other ones in there too that are just not, not mentioned in here. So he definitely knows a lot about the industry, that's for sure.
1: Well, and there's a knee-jerk reaction that was that's happening now, and we could see it happening prior among congressional Democrats. Again, a growing skepticism. My view is it really started with you know, payday lenders who are using online platforms and passing themselves off as fintechs. And, you know, I suppose they are. Um, but, you know, they are a very different business model than a lot of the uh, fintechs that, exist in that massive umbrella of which fintech, uh, is included, <laughs> right? But Everything's it,
0: fintech now.
1: <laughs> I think that, I, and there wasn't just, there really wasn't a whole lot of attention from, from congressional Democrats on, you know, these emerging business models. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. And because I think there has been so much focus on preserving over the past four years, the Obama, um, Portfolio of accomplishments, if if one is to believe their accomplishments, which I do, such as such as Dodd Frank. So, a lot of fighting the last war, perhaps, and trying to shore up the walls on those things, like capital requirements and and other sort of more boring things to perhaps fintech aficionados. And that was where the focus was. And so I think you're you're going to a muscle memory on lending and. Brian Brooks, the former controller, was uh, not a bashful guy and not an apolitical guy, but it did not shy away from a fight. And I think even things that the Obama administration probably would have put out, like an interpretive letter on custodying digital assets and other things like that, it's kind of a throwing the baby out with the bathwater, to use a, perhaps a, a poor cliche, um, that that it seems like Democrats are falling into, which... Again, you know, certainly not every fintech application or company really does drive towards financial inclusion and access. But there's a lot of evidence that underrepresented communities do get capital um, uh, and, and, and use these products in ways that are actually really beneficial, and that the traditional banking sector, at least up until a few years ago, perhaps was not serving to the extent they could. Uh, so we're gonna have to see how all that um, shuffles out.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's not even just the consumer side, like you mentioned, it's also the small business side. If you look at Square's new bank that they just launched, I'm sure something that they were pitching hard to regulators is that they lend to more female businesses, they lend to more minority businesses, like they lend to smaller businesses. Uh, Same thing with the, the PPP program that happened last year when COVID hit. Square was one that was writing smaller check sizes to smaller businesses because all these big banks just wanted to work with the massive guys that they had already worked with before for risk reasons and whatnot. So I think it's super important that DC makes sure that that continues to be a priority for sure.
1: Yeah. And I, and I hope, and I would expect over time you're going to see more nuance um, on these issues. Uh, and it would be a shame if, if, you know, we lost the forest from the trees here, but you know, again, we'll have to see. There, There is a lot of evidence, like you said, like real substantive evidence that for a number of, of cultural and historical reasons, underrepresented communities who were redlined out by banking for generations, who in, in a lot of cases do not trust financial institutions for, again, like real reasons and historical reasons in these communities were more, and this is, I think, was a PayPal Kiva study that came out like years ago. They are more apt to use... Applications through their phone because of the lack of personal contact because these are different than the banks in their communities, um, and even just sort of that not having a face to face thing, um, it uh, it 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 has not it has it starts having to do little to do with, little to do with banking as as much as it does just the delivery and access of of these applications bank or not.
0: Totally. All right, we have like five minutes left. You alluded to the final topic before, GameStop, but let's also throw SPACs in here too because I think there's actually some overlap here because I think the... Companies staying private for a long time and now all this retail trading kind of forms this massive thing where we've got this GameStop saga going on. We've got companies wanting to go public and these VCs starting SPACs, these celebrities starting SPACs because there's all these retail investors that want to pile into stocks on Reddit and whatnot. So GameStop and then SPACs here. Five minutes. Yeah. So I
1: think, I think the, there, there's a connection. The connection is just like, there's a growing concern about the frothiness as, as like the press likes to use with these markets, um, all of them. And the housing bubble it appears we're in, in terms of pricing. I mean, you know, I know you're like doing hashtag van life and doing clubhouse chats on your way down to Austin <laughs> with everyone else, but, but um, you know, there's that it's, things are really frothy and I think there's growing concern about that. And I think there might be concern that SPACs and, and um, the uh, Robin hoods of the world are contributing to that. Um, and so, you know, with, there was a hearing just yesterday in Senate small business again, like they, there's a, of the the focus is gonna be on the gamification. That seems to be where people uh, are finding their hook. I've r- written about this for FinTech today. How one defines gamification to me is very difficult. Um, how a regulator or policymaker would, would define that between just making an app that is easy to use and access. I can tell you my stepdaughter uses Robinhood. I have a custodian account for her. And she is up like 30% on Build-A-Bear Workshop. I, I don't know why, but I suspect Reddit has something to do with it. And then Spax—I mean, yeah—I just read the thing the SEC put out. It, it seems particularly focused on celebrity endorsements, which is very similar to um, to uh, to what you saw at the ICO initial coin offering craze from a few years ago. And they actually referenced that I saw in the press release. But again, I think it's connected to the frothiness, and you've got applications and brokerages that are free if taking out payment order flow, are free and are easy to use. And so you have investors that may traditionally be viewed as unsavvy. And so they're looking to all these various platforms for advice and, you know, quick returns. And I think we're trying to deal with like, how do you protect those folks while also allowing them to have access to the same stuff that I almost curse, the same stuff that uh, rich people have had. So yeah, I it's know. really,
0: it's really tough because you can't tell someone like, oh, you're not smart enough to use this stuff. Only this billionaire down the street can use it. But you also don't want them to be taken advantage of either.
1: Right. And you don't want firms putting Alex, nothing against Alex Rodriguez uh, or any celebrity. Um, you know, on the, on the brochure because you're trying to target and market to those folks. I think that's the huge part here. How is it being disclosed, the risks, and who is it being marketed to and how is it being marketed to? That is a, probably a really good area that the SEC and congressional leaders could focus on.
0: Yeah, I agree. We did. That was five minutes. You timed it out perfectly.
1: I talk so much, <laughs> as you know, and I, I'm so proud of myself.
0: Uh, We we did a very good job today, but we are going to have to have you back. Uh, But in the meantime, people can also read your stuff every other Thursday for FinTech Today if you are one of our premium subscribers. Um, anything regulatory, John's got you covered. He also does a lot of consulting. So if your firm is looking for someone to help them out with consulting things, look up John and FS Vector. Uh, and I don't think you will be disappointed.
1: Thank you. That is a ringing endorsement. I'll put that on the website. I don't there think you you'll go. be disappointed. <laughs>
0: uh, but that is all for today's episode of Tux Time and join me again on Thursday when Cookie has of lasagna technology is back. Thank you guys. And thank you, John.
1: Thanks, Julie. Appreciate it.